You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back into the locker room here at Inside the Athletic Mind. I know we have been on a little bit of a hiatus over the past couple weeks, and I really wish that we had given you guys a little bit of a heads up in regards to that on our last episode as we closed out. But I have been traveling quite a bit and also just got back from a much needed vacation Um, and Lauren has been crazy busy with work and running hockey camps as well. So we just haven't had any, any time to really jump on the mic and riff with one another, but, uh, you'll hear a little bit more about that in the beginning of the episode today, but the topic we are on today is women in leadership roles in the sport industry. Because over the last couple of weeks, we have seen a lot of movement and a lot of amazing announcements of women stepping into coaching and front office roles in the NHL, the AHL, and other leagues as well. So we're going to be talking about that and the importance of the women in those roles and how their visibility for the younger generations is going to absolutely inspire them to chase after their dreams as that's not exactly something that we were privileged enough to have. Um, And then later on the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about just, you know, summer things, summer camps, uh, different ways to kind of stay engaged and stay active and uh, a little bit about, you know, possible topics moving forward. And we actually would love to hear from you guys Uh, that are listening like what is it that you want to hear more from us is it stories with athletes is it more of the mental training tools do we want to have more mental health talks Uh, you guys let us know and we would be more than happy to put something together for you but before we dive into the episode as always I'm going to ask you to kindly go on social media share our content Um, share the podcast and please go ahead rate and review that's what's really going to help our podcast grow to reach more people just like yourself and to help other athletes to elevate their performance as well all righty everybody welcome back to the show after a few weeks off Uh, i have been mia traveling all around Europe, pretty much. Uh, I was in Finland for a couple of weeks and then followed up with some nice downtime in Spain and just got back late last week and will again be on the road later on this week as well. But uh, it's good to be back in the locker room. Lauren, what have you been going on over here for the past few weeks? Oh my gosh, had a lot going on. Everything from house renovations to... Uh, where I'm at right now, which is in beautiful Lake Placid, New York. I'm coaching with Can-Am Hockey right now um, for my second week where we are working with like 130 to 150 young athletes who stay over at uh, Northwood School, 
which is also like beautiful campus. Um, we're on the ice three hours a day, at least. I'm on the ice for five because I coach more than one group, um, but it's good. It's really good. It's been awesome to see the, the camp evolve a little bit in the past couple of years. Can-Am has been around for decades mm. and they've been doing this camp for at least a decade. Mm. And um, they actually asked me to deliver a kind of like a mental health, mental well-being talk to a couple of the groups last week. So that was exciting. Awesome. And how, how did those talks go? Like, how did the kids take it in terms of like understanding all the content and like the value that it provided? It's interesting. Uh, the first group that I did it with was our, was our girls group. And we had girls in, in the group that were anywhere from 11 to 15. Um, and we, we talked about confidence and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. And I think like you and I can both know that like in that age group, maybe not 11, but like anywhere from your teens. So that, that teenager age group confidence is not necessarily a common trait in young women. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was interesting getting to talk to them about it and they certainly understand it. Um, not sure how much, uh, how, how much of it will land and stick just because they're so in the thick of what other people think of me is so important. Oh yeah. The social comparison at that age is absolutely crazy. Like I remember yeah. being that age and like, especially when you're on the ice too, and you're seeing uh, other players and their skill level and comparing it to yourself. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's not easy to navigate on your own. So I'm happy to hear that you were able to sit and talk with them. Mm. It was awesome. I hope that it landed. I know, I know it landed with a couple people. Um, and I was able to share my story. And I even had a couple of our counselors come up to me and say, like, thanks for, you know, sharing your story. I had no idea that you could feel those things and still be successful in the sport. And I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. You can. Ask any elite athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The amount of stories you hear about, like, people who feel like they're, like, not good enough to be playing at a certain level and like it's just the conversation that you're having with yourself in your head and and it really does come back to like the outlets that you have and the support that you have from other people to be able to kind of work through and overcome a lot of those like limiting beliefs oh absolutely yep well good good i'm glad to hear it um and today we're kind of talking about like women in coaching, women in hockey and executive front office positions, because there has been a lot happening in the news in the past like mm -hmm. week and a half, two weeks. And it's absolutely amazing to see. I think it's uh, inspiring for a lot of the younger generations. Uh, I know that we didn't really have those role models to to visibly see um, like working in the space, whether that is front office or coaching or just like professional uh, sports in general. But, um, you know, I've got a list here. I've got like six, six different names. I'm sure there's way more. We're just talking hockey. I know there's been um, a lot of movement. I think there was uh, somebody named to be like the president of a franchise in the NFL uh, maybe I'll have to look that up actually, but let's, let's kick it off with the hockey here first. So 
First, we have the one and only Haley Wickenheiser promoted to assistant GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, big congrats to her. Uh, I've actually been reading her book um, mm. the past couple of weeks, and I had no idea that she was like in med school to be a doctor. Had no clue that that was a thing. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. She's like crazy. She's yeah. successful in everything she does. She's like relentless with with everything as well. And like her journey overseas to like go and, and play in Finland in a men's league for a couple seasons and like leaving her family back home and then coming back. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a good book if anybody feels like uh, giving it a read, but that's, that's definitely the first, the first one on the list here. Yeah. And then we have uh, former goaltender I'm going to ask you to pronounce her name because I know I'm going to butcher it. Manon Rayom. Manon Rayom. There you uh, go. <laughs> she has been hired by the LA Kings as hockey operations advisor with a specific focus on prospect development, which is amazing to hear. And for anybody that doesn't know, she is also the first and only female player to play in an NHL game. Yep. Doesn't happen trailblazer her whole life it seems like Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt all of these women are yeah Uh, and then we have jessica campbell who was hired as the first female assistant coach in the ahl for the coachella valley firebirds and for those of you that don't know uh, she was also named the first female coach behind the bench for the men's iahf world championships this year for team germany and she had an amazing debut from my understanding. I don't think I got a, got around to watching any of those games, but always uh, excited to cheer on fellow Canadians. So yeah. congratulations to Jessica. And quickly run through the next, next few here. So we have uh, Kate Madigan, who has been promoted to assistant GM for the New Jersey Devils. And she is the first female in franchise history to be in a, an executive role. Uh, Emily Engel joined the Capitals first full-time female video coach in the NHL Lauren you you said that you worked with her a little bit so I'm gonna give you the floor to kind of uh, share some stories here oh yeah Emily number one is an unreal human being she's also amazing at her job like I have never had a better experience working with somebody in video um she is so passionate about what she does and she's just elite at her job. It's like, I remember her putting together hype videos for us and they were insane. Like I actually, right before that was released, um, I was going to ask her to send one of ours from when I was playing there just cause I was, I was curious to like watch it again. And then that was released. And I was like, oh, that girl definitely doesn't have time to do that. (laughs) But um, no, she's an unreal human being, has a a tripod dog named Hattrick, which is amazing. So he's got three legs. Um, Tripod dog, what? Tripod dog. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then to add to that list, it's not necessarily recent, but uh, Blake Bolden is with the LA Kings as well as one of their scouts. Mm-hmm. Yes, I actually did remember that. I came across her on LinkedIn today, actually. Yeah. yeah. Also another trailblazer. Yeah, seriously. 
And then uh, we also have Megan Hunter, who was promoted to the assistant GM in hockey ops for the Chicago Blackhawks as well. So lots of movements for women in coaching and executive positions in hockey in the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more in the next few weeks leading up to the season start. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so exciting to see that, you know, first ever female um, kind of title being given out. And then one of the things that I loved because the Coachella Valley Firebirds are a brand new program. Mm -hmm. They actually just announced her as the first ever assistant coach. They didn't put female in there. They just, Hey, she's really, I did. That That is awesome. Yeah. I think on their own platform, they said Jessica Campbell first ever assistant coach for the program, which is, which is pretty sick. It's always, it's always great to get that. Like the first ever female, but like, Mm-hmm. she's an assistant coach yeah it doesn't matter like your gender or whatever you identify as it's like you are the assistant coach and that's that yeah. mm-hmm. definitely love to hear that you don't see it happen often enough I don't think yeah no no absolutely not but I'm just, I think it's go ahead, no, go ahead. no 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 <laughs> I was just gonna say like I think it's amazing right we're seeing this in so many different areas um, we can talk about it happening in the NHL and the AHL um, and at the top levels of other sports, but we're also seeing it in youth, youth hockey. So like a great example of that is even at this camp here in, in Can-Am, we haven't always had a girls group. We've had the girls group for the past few years, I would say, like maybe five to 10 years. Um, and this year at camp, our female coaching staff, number one, the girls group had an all female coaching staff. And we were probably the most qualified coaching staff here, which is really exciting. We had uh, myself and Megan Myers, who are coaching with Stonehill. So that's a division one program. We had Liza Kelly, who has started two division three programs and coached at Utica College, which is division three. And then we had a female, two female coaches from New England College. Um, who else do we have? And a couple other college level coaches, all coaching this one group of young female hockey players. It was amazing. Mm, that's always amazing to hear, 100%. Mm. And now I'm, you just have me thinking like, okay, all of this movement has, has happened recently. Like, when do you think we're going to see the first full-time head coach for a hockey team in the NHL? Do you think it's going to be this season and a couple seasons? I think I give it a couple seasons. Mm. Right. I think, I think that like, it's still new. Right. And I also don't know if there's going to be a lot of movement in head coaches in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't really follow a lot of like the the coaching positions in uh, in hockey too often. Yeah, that's my that's my better half. But I think it's uh, certainly certainly on the horizon. Like I oh, yeah. I think without question, it's going to happen. Oh yeah, it's not a, it's not a question of if it's a, just a question of when when. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exciting! My God, I remember seeing that, and I was like oh, this is awesome. And the first one came in and then the next day somebody had one. And then the next day, somebody, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, 
I mean, it's a long time coming for sure. Like there's so yeah. many qualified women to be coaching in these places and spaces already, or not just coaching, but being in the front office as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to see it happen a little bit more like here in Europe too, like within the leagues yeah. here. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit longer. I, mean, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening as, as quickly, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to see like also more like women in coaching for women's sports as well. Right. Like for me, I've only ever had one female coach growing up and that was Stacy Monarch for the, uh, Sony Creek junior Sabres. She was a godsend. She helped develop my career. So I was even able to be playing at the next level like she was yeah amazing um mm-hmm. and I think just you know young girls having having role models for themselves like whether that is coaching or playing or you know whatever it is that they desire to do that could be like stepping into science for all for all I care right like just having those mm-hmm. role models to look up to and say like one day I'm going to like be able to be at that place as well and I think yeah. for me, like, that's part of like why I do this podcast That's why I wanted to start it is to like support women in sports and to like share stories and have like their experiences be heard. So mm-hmm. people realize like there's more than just what you see in the media, first of all, um, yep. because media doesn't cover a lot of the amazing things that happen. And a lot of the mm-hmm. amazing stories that people do have and the experiences they can share. So it's great to see yeah. that there's more movement in this area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when I think back on it, like I only had in my whole career, two female coaches. And uh, the first was Denise Brett in Windsor, Ontario. And she's the one who basically put college hockey on the map for me. Uh, she gave me a shot at playing in the PWHL as a 14 year old, again, really invested in me and kind of opened up a lot of doors. And then the second one was in college, Jackie Friesen. And she was now Jackie Crum, um, was a former player at Wisconsin and, and joined the coaching staff. But I think there's truly something to be said for young girls and young women having a female role model to look up to. Mm-hmm. And as cheesy as it sounds, like the, the whole motto with the PWHPA was like, if you can see it, you can become it later on, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's extremely true. I didn't even have any awareness as to any kind of career in hockey before I had these women in my life coaching me. Mm-hmm. And then again later on when I was in grad school and I started helping out at a division three team we had almost an all-female coaching staff we had we had one uh, male who helped out on the on the d side but there were three females on the coaching staff and that was another thing where I was like wow like this happens you can do it and I don't know it's just we have such a on the other side of it, like, it's great to have those role models, but now that I'm not the player and I am a coach, you get to witness the community of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because this, this week with our girls camp, we had a, 
a theme and it was women supporting women. And the women in this community show up for each other. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Whether it's just by building your network or putting different opportunities in front of you, opening doors, kind of giving you a little guidance, like it's unreal. I love it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's been my experience too. Right. And like, you know, we're both kind of starting out on this journey into coaching, not just, you know, from the mental performance standpoint, but just like coaching the game in general. And, and I'm haven't stepped into the coaching space yet. And I say yet, because I feel like it's, I feel like it's bound to happen, honestly. Um, I don't know when, and I don't, I don't know where, but uh, it's, it's hard to step away from the game that you've, you've been passionate about your whole life. And I think because it's given me so much in terms of like wealth in life, being able to travel the world and meet different people and experience different cultures and just develop me as a person in general, that I want Mm -hmm. to be able to provide similar, if not same opportunities to younger girls and help them like build that network what is it that I can do to help you become a better athlete become a better person that's going to help you get from where you are now to where it is that you want to be in you know one three five ten years whatever it looks like yeah absolutely it's and I remember like some of the original names in the game that I had run into and like I think of uh Kathy Pippi, for example, who ran West Coast Lex and East Coast Lex. Mm-hmm. Um, she now has her own uh, hockey company where they do like premier level tournaments. And one of my good friends who's coaching with me at Stonehill, we had her on the podcast, Megan, Megan Myers. Myers. Is from, yeah. She's from Vegas. And here in New York, we had a little girl come all the way from Las Vegas and she was telling Megan about all the tournaments she's going to in, in Las Vegas this summer. And I looked at Megan and I said, could you imagine that when you were her age traveling all the way to California to go play hockey on the weekends, Mm -hmm. that you'd be having a conversation with like a mini you saying like, Oh yeah, there's this hockey tournament there. There's this hockey tournament there. Like the work I'm curious, like, oh. is, I, I'm so curious. Cause like, I wasn't on the podcast when you had Megan on. So, mm-hmm. um, so she like, was there like a lot of opportunity to be playing in Vegas when she was growing up? Because I feel like now no. that they have a team there, it makes like logically some more sense that there's more women in that area that are wanting to play and like more teams developing there. But yeah, I feel like for her at her age, like before there was a team, like there must not have been very much. No, they had one ice rink in town. Damn. Yeah, they had one ice rink in town. Um, Talk about against all the odds right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. One mm-hmm. ice rink. She started skating um, with like rental skates. And oh. instead of shin pads, she wore catcher's equipment from baseball <laughs> so like, that's yeah amazing. it's crazy that's amazing yeah and we'll, we're actually both going to be heading there to coach another camp um 
like it's just amazing she gets to go back home twice this summer to coach hockey camps wow Mm -hmm. that's amazing I hockey in the desert is a thing now (laughs) which is like bonkers to me yeah I think I was 16 when I went to Vegas and like all I remember is just like a lot of street lights and hot weather and that was it yeah yeah pavement that'll melt the soles off of your shoes oh yeah absolutely freaking hot Mm -hmm. okay so like let's talk about camps then because I mean Mm -hmm. we're in the middle of summer so there's a lot of people going to camps I know one of my clients she just she just drove all the way from Norway down to Italy for a camp which was like crazy to me because I'm thinking it has to be cheaper to fly because gas prices are brutal right now, but I see that like flying is also, I, I mean, I know from experience flying is also <laughs> brutal right now. Um, yeah. but like, okay, let's talk about the importance of the summer camps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should, should, should players be on the ice during the summer as much as they can? Should they be playing different sports trying to kind of like, still enjoy I mean I guess it depends on the age and stuff but like what are your thoughts in terms of the summer camps for young athletes I love summer camps personally because I think it gives athletes a specific set of time to go and play hockey in the summer mm. I think that um, continuing to play other sports is really really important and you should have time to do that we had, we had a couple girls like local from like Placid area that missed an evening skate because they were in a softball tournament okay. or a mm-hmm. lacrosse tournament. I'm like, absolutely. Like you're on the ice for three hours a day. You can miss an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. But I think like, I think the way that the sport is moving now is going to favor people who play other sports because it's quick it's extremely focused in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about like quick bursts of speed. Um, and for D especially, we've been talking about this a lot. It's not like this North and South game anymore. You want to figure out how to get North and South, but you also have to be agile and quick enough to, to move East, east West. West really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I think, and I, we actually talked about this with the girls because they were asking like, well, if we want to specialize in hockey, like when do you have to do it? I played other sports all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. Other I sports think it's- are, are an addition in my opinion. I mean, we talked about this yeah. on the last episode as well when it comes to like off-season training and enjoying what you're doing and being mm-hmm. able to find a way to mix it up that's not only going to help you uh, get better in a certain skill that you're looking to develop, but also ensuring that you're still enjoying the workouts that you're doing at the same time. Right. Like I think playing different sports is the same, same exact thing, just like on, on a different field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, I get it for, I remember when my brother was playing triple A hockey, they made them sign a thing that said they wouldn't play football. Like, I think I get that because the concussion rates in high school football are probably through the roof. Yeah. So do I love the fact that like you're signing a contract to do that? No, but do it. It's probably responsible in some sense, I guess. Well, I mean, ever hockey players like told you can't go skiing. Like that was like what all of our coaches said. Yeah. Don't ski. Okay. Well, 
there's a good reason for it, kids, and it's uh, because it's high rate of dislocating knees, breaking legs, concussions, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Taylor is speaking from experience. <laughs> yes, I am. But like playing softball or, I mean, I know soccer is also pretty high for like knee issues, but mm. like I played soccer through high school. Um, I threw discus through high school, which I loved. Um, I don't know. I just think like you got to give it a rest at some point, but mm -hmm. I do appreciate that people actually love hockey so much that they don't want to go all summer without playing it. Mm -hmm. Of course. Well, especially like yeah. hockey's still a growing sport. Like as much as like we really have been immersed in this field for so many years and the sport yeah. rather like, <laughs> like oh it's it, a field it's, it's a field yeah you're right you're right yeah. um but it's still a growing sport especially on the women's side too right it's also one of the most expensive sports that you can possibly choose to play so like access yeah. to equipment is very difficult in a lot of places especially if it's not like a well-developed program like that all those things taken to have to be taken into consideration right so i mean mm -hmm. the fact that hockey camps in the summer are becoming such a popular thing i think it's a great thing i think it's for me also like you should be doing this especially as a goaltender when you do have the opportunity to get into like a goalie camp that is mm -hmm. like the good stuff right there because very rarely for any hockey team i mean maybe if you're at the professional level maybe some universities but very rarely do you have the opportunity to actually have one-on-one -on -one time with your goalie coach and work on shit that you need to work on because every yeah. coach frames their hockey practice around what their players need to work on and not what their goalies need to work on. Yeah. So it's hard for goalies to really get the work that they need in terms of, okay, like this is a weakness for me. I want to work on this, but coach wants to work on, you know, two on ones on, on a rush or whatever the case is. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, coach wants to work on having pucks shot at my head. Yeah. Like it's target practice for coach. And here I am just like filling the void, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting though. Right. Cause I think like, regardless of whether or not we're talking, if camps are a good thing in the summer or if you should be playing full time in the summer, I think it depends on you. And if the athlete is at a point where they're feeling burnt out, take a break. Mm -hmm. It is not a requirement to play hockey in the summer. No. And that's no. what I'm saying. Like, if you can play a different sport, do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like we kind of touch on the topic a little bit every time we get on the mic and riff here is like yeah. burnout and knowing your body well enough to say, okay, like I should or should not be doing this activity or exercise or whatever the case is mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I'm just like there were a couple girls that were at camp this week that were so miserable I was just like <laughs> why are you here what are you like they're not participating in drills they're sitting out for all the activities that they do like these kids days are full they're mm -hmm. up at like seven eight in the morning and they're in bed by 10, 10 30. And everything in between that is something. And I just, I was laughing one day because this one girl was so disengaged. I was like, why are you here? Mm. What are you? She goes, 
my parents made me come and I was like oh no <laughs> like part of you is like the you have to appreciate like the parents like want their kids to like be involved and like have an opportunity mm-hmm. to be at these camps but then on the flip yeah. side you're like oh, parents like don't force your kid to do something that they don't want to do because they're gonna be miserable and they're gonna start to regret or resent like the sport itself and that's the last thing that we want to be seeing and and the girls that we're yeah. coaching oh my god yeah I even we, we even said to her did you tell your parents you didn't want to come <laughs> she's like no it's <laughs> like maybe maybe you want to try that next time because this camp is not cheap <laughs> communication is key here kids communication <laughs> is key kids yeah. oh god yeah it's funny but I don't know I think it's like with any kind of topic we can give rule of thumb or our perspective but at the end of the day it's it's up to the athletes Mm-hmm. well and like that's why we preach the whole self-awareness thing so much right is like yeah. being able to know and understand yourself well enough to say that you do or don't or should or shouldn't be doing something that's mm-hmm. going to either help you progress and move forward or is going to hinder you and and cause more problems than will provide solutions or, or benefits um, yeah and maybe that's like a topic that we can actually dive deeper into in the future mm-hmm. um I think that would be like, I mean, that's like the foundation for all of the work that we do is like the self-awareness piece. So I think yeah. that would be, would be a good idea moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say something and it's kind of slipped from my brain here. So just, oh. give me, just give me a second. There's the vacation brain. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Has not disappeared yet. Probably still like mm-hmm. another week to get back into it. But I think, I think this does segue really well. And this is a thought that I had. If you're like an elite level athlete and you're not really sure what your next steps are, I think the off season is a huge time where that happens because sometimes you get pulled in different directions. Like, especially when you're at that age where you're really starting to specialize. Um, Like you might have that softball or soccer team that you've played for since you were a kid And now you've got a trainer saying like, you need to really be focusing on this and a coach that's giving you a program and all that kind of stuff. If you're like not 110% sure on, on what you want or what the next steps are, like we have to plug the brain training for athletes course. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think that's huge. And I took the course when I was in high school and it made of so many things in my life that were huge question marks abundantly clear Mm -hmm. because once it's like we're saying with the self-awareness piece it's like once you figure out what's important to you and why like why you value it finding the answers to move forward is a lot easier absolutely it is I mean like I wish that I had access to that that program way before I did um, yeah. For me, it came, was it like a year and a half ago now? I don't even know. Dude, almost two. Almost, that's the scary that's part of it. Almost, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was like just after the pandemic, I think. Like the pandemic. I don't know how you. Taylor. It's been like two September. years. September is our two year friendiversary. 
Oh my God. I have to get you a gift for friendiversary. <laughs> I was just going over some of my old like notes and stuff because I my storage is always low on my computer. <laughs> Same. And I was like, oh sh- shoot, like we're coming up on two years since we ran, ran through that program. That's craziness. Well, and like, yeah, I mean, I I took it from I took it through like the coaching certification, but I also applied it as an athlete myself because I was still playing in Norway at that point. And like, it helped me to kind of like fine tune my game in areas where I knew it needed work in terms of like, okay, tracking and measuring progress. Like, how is it that I set the small goals so I can see like week by week, what needs to be done and what's, what's doing better. Um, Yeah. And you know, as I've gone through the coaching and like gone through the high performance coaching certification, um, obviously it's been, and like moving countries and changing careers. Like it's just, a lot has happened in the last like year. And yeah, now it's a matter of, okay, like it's not like the small scale week to week stuff. This is like, okay, like developing a vision for your future. Like, what is it that you want to be seeing? And like, applying those aspects of the program to my life now to see okay like Mm -hmm. what is it that I want to do moving forward and that that's a big one and I know that kids like from I would say like 15 16 years old up into university could definitely benefit from having those tools in their toolbox to be able to get them through those big transitions in life whether it's like like you said, making the choice to, okay, like, do I stick with hockey or do I go and, you know, pursue something else that I'm also passionate about or like mm-hmm. choosing your major in school or like choosing a switch school you're going to go to. If you have like, like fielding multiple offers, like there's so many different ways that that program can be implemented into various aspects of your life as an athlete absolutely I use it every day something that I learned from that course comes up in my life every single day and the other thing that I think about while you were talking just now is like to bring this whole conversation full circle is the other great part about what this generation coming up has is they have access to these kind of mental resources and now they have the mentors to have conversations with. Mm-hmm. Like they've got them, they've got the female mentors in leadership roles that they can now look at and say, like, oh my gosh, this is what she's doing. I think I love it. Maybe that's what I want to go and do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think that's amazing. Oh, it's invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like I don't think I had any like female mentors in the hockey space when I was growing up like I mean there were like the big names in hockey of course that you saw like Shannon Zavdos was like my idol as a kid because she was such an amazing goaltender but like outside of that like I don't know like there wasn't really a ton going on but now that I'm you know stepping more into the coaching space and I'm kind of able to do my own networking and you know I look up for example like some some uh goalies from like way back in the day um Mm -hmm. and I look them up on LinkedIn and I see that they're 
also like doing something similar to what we're like, not like the mindset coaching, but they're doing the mentoring. They're doing the public speaking. They're talking with the young generation, like especially, of course, the young, like female generation to inspire them to like pursue their passions and dreams and sport and show them like, if I can do it, you can also do it too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, when I think about even my role models, you know, it's goes back to, I remember being in, um, oh my gosh, I think it was in Finland. And it was the first time that I ever got to watch a a women's game live. Mm. Um, and it was women's worlds. And I got a picture with like Jillian apps was my favorite player growing up. Um, female player anyways. And then I got a picture with her and Jaina Hefford and like now being in the PWHPA, I have conversations with Jaina, you know, once a month or whatever. Mm. And it's just like, I found this picture the other day and I was like, holy cow, that was the first and only time that I ever got to see like my mentors play. Mm -hmm. And now like U18s was just on ESPN and TSN. Yeah, we never got around to talking about that. Like, that's a huge milestone as well. Huge, absolutely huge. And I think, honestly, we need a a whole other session for that because (laughs) I have a client at one o'clock. Dang, okay, we got to get you off here then. (laughs) Yeah, but like, that's, that's the whole nature of this, right? Is like, we can go down a thousand rabbit holes at like why it is so freaking important to have women in leadership roles. Like it's so important for these young girls to see where they can go and beyond just having them in the role, have them visible in the role. Mm -hmm. So like having U18s being broadcast on TV, having these announcements of employment positions being announced on social media where everybody can see it seeing that these organizations who are male dominated value it is so important and it Mm -hmm. does so many great things for like I think the impact is greater than even what they can expect right now oh absolutely like Mm -hmm. it gives me chills when I think about it so I can yeah it it must give uh, everybody else the same reaction if not more um but I think that's a good note to kind of close off so one you can skip out and get to your your client on time Um, but two I think it's also uh, good to to kind of plug in here that for any athletes that listen to our podcast if you are interested in any of the mental performance training that we offer whether that's one-on-one or the group programming uh, just go to www.elitehighperformance.com you can find us under the athlete coaching tab there or you can also go to the online programs and you can take a look at the uh, information for the brain training for athletes program. Uh, we're currently in the midst of kind of revamping that entire program. So I think hopefully in the future, we'll be able to run like a group program. Um, oh, it's going to be think, killer. It's going to be so good. And yeah. So anybody, any listeners that want to inquire, learn more, reach out to either Lauren or myself on Instagram um, or, or via email. Uh, all of that information is down below in the show notes for you guys. And as always a signing off request, if you found this episode to be of value, uh, please share it with a friend, like rate review, 
all of that fun stuff. Um, it's going to help the podcast grow, reach new audiences and help other women in sports, just like yourself. Women supporting women. That's the theme. Hashtag women supporting women. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 